How brilliant was your presentation that you did? Oh, I bet your colleagues, I bet the compares, I bet your bosses were going, Trevor, that was a brilliant presentation. But was it? Welcome, everybody. This is the Better Presentations, More Sales podcast, episode 293. I'm your host, Trevor Lee, and I'm here to share tips and ideas that will help you do exactly what it says on the tin, deliver better presentations that will create more sales for you. And occasionally you will get episodes that are just about sales to help you sharpen up your sales uh, skills. You might be a salesperson, you might be someone who's responsible for sales. So that brilliant presentation that you did, <laughs> was it really that brilliant? Why am I, why am I talking about this? Well, I, um, I was talking to a colleague of mine, uh, sorry, a colleague, business associate of mine, guy who does some uh, bits for me behind the scenes. And uh, he's, this was last week, and he said his wife had been to a major conference. And um, it was a big, big company that she works for, you know, big multinational global type company. And um, there'd been a presentation from the new chief. And um, it had been delivered as though it was, deli- well, it was delivered by AI. So the chief had asked AI to deliver a presentation, assuming it was him. And apparently the likeness was pretty good. The only problem was the presentation itself was pretty dull. <laughs> so it was a bit of a gamble, and I would have loved to have seen how this worked. And then I said to my uh, my friend, so, uh, so you know, is the chief, does your wife think the chief is, the new chief is pretty dull? And he said, well, frankly, when it comes to presenting, you know, it just doesn't have that kind of charismatic way of doing it. So the question is, do you have to be a brilliant presenter to be a great leader? Well, that's one question. And the other question, of course, is that, you know, if you are told your presentation is brilliant, what does that make you feel? Does it make you feel as though you've cracked it? Or does it make you feel as though people are just saying that? So there's two two sort of bits to this episode today. And then um, the final bit of this episode today, I did a, um, I'll talk about it in a second, but I did a pitch skills session uh, last since the last episode uh, for a group of university students. And I'll talk about that in a bit more detail. But they asked some really great questions in the Q&A. And I'm just going to share one or two of those questions because I think if you've got a pitch coming up, that'd be really good questions for you to share, uh, for me to share and, and the answers that I, I gave. So let's talk about this. How brilliant was your presentation? It reminds me, um, I don't know, two or three years ago, I did. I was brought in to do uh, a, a kind of master presenting class for a uh, federation of businesses, small businesses, national group. And um, they had a regional event going on in my part of the world. And they said, hey, Trevor, why don't you come along and... Um, and uh, we'll give you a bit of money and all that. Great, thanks very much. And had uh, talked to us about how to deliver a great presentation. Fantastic, I said. Right, I'll do that, I'll do that. And this was uh, all lined up, and it was a whole-day event, and it worked out that my uh, my spot was after lunch, straight after lunch. So, you know, some of you saying, oh, no, the graveyard shift, blimey, that must be tricky. Well, it can be, of course, but, of course, it's also an opportunity. But what was going on in the morning was that members of the organisation um, I think there were three, four, five, I can't remember, let's say four or five, um, were giving small, short 10-minute presentations about things that they'd done, which the organisation uh, of businesses decided you know, would be great to share. And it was, and it was, and there were some interesting ideas. But, frankly, you know, as you might expect, these people aren't regular presenters, and therefore, 
yeah, presentations were okay, but, you know, nothing special. And um, I couldn't wait to get my hands onto those presentations if I'd have got a chance to coach them, you know, because there would have been so many things they could have just tweaked and it would have made such a big difference. But what I noticed, and it only dawned on me the second time it happened, was that as soon as they finished, the compare, who was also a member of the Federation, was going, ah, oh, Trevor, what a brilliant presentation. That was just amazing. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I'm not sure it was actually. But anyway, we'll move on. And then it happened again. Oh, Sarah, what a fantastic presentation. That was absolutely brilliant. And then I realised that every single time the compare, you know, said, thanks very much for doing a great presentation. They were calling it brilliant and making it sound as though it was the best thing ever. So I'm sat there thinking, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do now this afternoon? <laughs> because I'm going to be sharing some tips and ideas about how to improve your presentations. And they've just seen five brilliant ones. So whatever I say is going to be, you know, it's not going to make any difference. So I think I over lunchtime, I seem to remember thinking, right, let's just play this, you know, by the book kind of thing. You know, let's not mention the fact that we've seen five brilliant presentations. Let's say... Here's a few ideas that might enhance your presentations without referring back to the brilliant ones in the morning. But that's the problem, isn't it? Is that, And I think that happens in business a lot, doesn't it? Where people think that if they tell you something was brilliant, it will be motivational for you, make you feel good. But is that really the case? You know, if you deliver, one of the things I, when I work with people doing their presentations, I always say to them, look, you never, you know, this isn't going to be a brilliant presentation, but it's going to be better than everybody else's. And I'm not going to tell you it's brilliant because then you'll think you've cracked it and you haven't. And I, you know, here I am. I've been presenting for 40 odd years and I'm far from the finished article as far as I'm concerned. Every time I do a presentation, I've done bloody hundreds of them, I suppose. I'm always thinking, how can I do it a little bit better next time? And that's the key to it, I think, is doing it a little bit better next time and not thinking you've cracked it because someone told you you are absolutely brilliant. Now, Chances are they don't really know what a brilliant presentation is. Does anybody really know what a brilliant presentation is? I suspect there are very few of them actually out there. So, you know, why are you, you know, why are we saying these things? Well, it could be for motivation. You know, it could be for, you know, all sorts of reasons. But in today's business environment, particularly leadership presentations, and this is where I'm looking for your help, listeners, because I'm looking for someone to come on this podcast, and I'll explain what I'm looking for in a second. But leaders, business leaders have always got lots of presentations to do. They might be presenting, you know, to their colleagues around the management table. They might be presenting to colleagues within the business, briefing them on something that's going to change in the business or a new idea or a new product or service they want to share. They might be having to report into their board, you know, the shareholders, you know, and the people who, who you know, have employed them as the CEO. They might be speaking at an event, which could be to promote the company or a new product or service or something like that. So leaders, business presentations are a key part of leadership roles. But in my experience, very few business leaders bother to think about getting some help with their presentations. They just assume, you know, it's part of the territory. They've got to the chief executive position or whatever it is. They must be good at presenting. And a lot of the time they're not. So... What I'm looking for is I'd really like to find someone who's a business leader coach to come on this podcast and talk about how do you how do you tackle some some issue like that. So when you're coaching a business leader, how do you suggest to them they're not as great at presenting as they think they are, but they could be with some help? Because not many of them, I think, would put their hand up and say, oh, I'm not actually a very good presenter. Some will. 
And I suspect most of them will just plough on and, you know, and that's what you see in action all the time. And business leaders often are not the best presenters. Whenever I run, you know, presentation, uh, you know, for courses for teams and all that sort of stuff, I say, if you've got a team presentation to do, think about who's your best presenter. It doesn't have to be the person with the biggest job title or the person with the biggest salary, because usually they're not. So if you know anyone or you are that person, who coaches business leaders? Um, I'm really interested in doing an episode about how do you co- how do you deal with business leaders who aren't very good at presenting but think they are. <laughs> All right. So if you if you get in touch, podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk, that would be fantastic. And you, or if you know somebody who fits the bill, could come on this podcast and share that information with the listeners like yourselves. Now, if you are a listener, then. Um, please do leave a review. That would be fantastic or a rating for this podcast. That would be marvellous. Now, if you're also listening on the day this goes out, Monday the 5th of February, then there's still time to join my uh, free webinar, which is on Tuesday. Where are we? Tuesday the 6th of February. And I'm doing two, the same one twice. 9.30am GMT, 4.30pm GMT. So if you'd like to come along, the the, uh, title of the webinar is Five Tips to Transform Your Presentations. So you may have heard one or two of them on this uh, podcast before. In fact, you may have heard two or three of them on this podcast before. But if you want a reminder of those tips to transform your presentations, then do book in. Um, Go to the trevorjlee.com website and uh, you'll find the uh, webinar. There'll be webinars in the top bar you can click on or... If you look in the show notes, there'll be a link in the show notes, and then you can pick the one that you want to come on. These are part of my uh, spring series or early, well, it's not really spring yet, is it? Um, Pre-spring series. Okay, I've got one more session, one more set on the February the 13th to finish it all off. So if you want to just sharpen up your presentation skills, you've got 25 minutes to spare on Tuesday at a time that basically, well, one of the times hopefully suits you, then sign up now and join that webinar. It's free. And uh, yeah, you'll get you'll get some great stuff from it. Now, what about those questions? So I did this um, I did this session. The um, the students I was working with, they're part of a university here in the UK, and uh, they've got an opportunity in March to pitch their business. Now, these students are either graduates uh, who've started a business in the last two years, or they're still at university, but they have set up and are running a business alongside their university course or potentially even independent of it. And uh, the university is offering four or maybe five, it's either four or five, I can't remember, uh, opportunities for students to go along to this uh, Innovation Expo, as it's called, in March in their local area and do a five-minute presentation about their idea. And then they've got a five-minute Q&A. So in that five minutes, they've got to cover what a great idea they've got and they've got to attract interest. Now, there is a competition. So anybody attending can then vote for what they think is the best pitch. And the winner of that will get a share of the ticket money for the event. Okay, I don't know how many people go to this event, but the ticket money is probably quite substantial. There's also a chance, of course, that in the audience, there could be investors, advisors, influencers. So they've got a, there's a lot to potentially be gained here. So, but before they do that, they've got to get through a semi-final, which is coming up this week. And then uh, we're doing. I'm doing some one-to-ones with the with the finalists, whether that's four or five. And then we've got a final session the week before, a group session, just to polish off, you know, polish them up for that final pitch. Because as I as I banged on about when we did the uh, session, we do it on Zoom, and I did the session last Thursday evening. 
And I did remind them that if you've got a five-minute pitch or five-minute presentation, whatever you want to call it, it takes a lot longer to prepare and practice than it does if it's 25 minutes or 15 minutes even, simply because you're never going to be short of material. The big challenge when you've got five minutes is what to leave in, what to get rid of. And um, ruthless editing is absolutely vital. So basically, I went through with, um, you know, the thoughts and ideas about how to make sure they can get that five minutes. And then there was a and a afterwards. And I'm just going to share with you some of the four of the questions that came up, because I think they'll be useful to you um, if you've got a sales pitch coming up very soon. We've done a couple of episodes on sales pitches recently anyway. But anyway, so the first one was, should I use a microphone? And the answer is absolutely. If there is one, then use it. Because no matter how strong your voice is, it's never usually going to be strong enough. Now, this is, of course, remember, this is a pitch to, you know, a group of people in a hall. All right. And somebody said, well, I think I've got a strong voice. And I said, well, in that case, you definitely need a microphone because everybody who thinks they, they don't need a microphone are the ones that usually do. And then I said to them, if there's a lapel microphone available, you know, a portable one, then, you know, get that because it'll be much more flexible than if it's on a cable or if it's a handheld one, or worse still, if you stood behind a lectern. So if you've got a chance to use a microphone, then use it. Now, if you're doing a pitch one-to-one or one-to-a-couple-of-people around a table, clearly you don't need a microphone, but in this case, they did. Next question they asked was, what about keeping your eyes on the audience? How do you maintain eye contact? How do you make eye contact work for you? So they've got five minutes to do this. And my suggestion was that number one is make sure that they don't use slides that they will start to read. That's a big thing. Because if you watch people when they're doing a picture or a presentation and they're using slides, and in this case, it's going to be a fairly big screen, you know, it's going to be a big hall for them. There's a very good chance that if you put too many words on a slide, you'll turn around and you'll find yourself, even though you're subconsciously not realizing this, you're reading from the slide. So don't do that because you can't have eye contact with your audience if you're looking at, your, at the screen behind you. So that's number one. Second thing is, you know, move around. And if you move around in the space that you've been given, naturally your eyes will go with you as well. So you don't need to stare people out, but just look them in the eye for a brief second and move on to the next person. And so it goes on. Okay. So you will occasionally look down at your, uh, maybe your notes, uh, your, your prompt notes. We'll talk about that because that was one of the questions in a second. But keep your eyes roving around the room, all right? And that's the most important thing. If people just stop reading the screen and looking at the screen, that would make a huge difference to eye contact. And then if you want to really, really go someone eye contact, then if there's a particular point of, that you're raising in your pitch or presentation that you want a particular person who you know is in the audience to really feel as though you're talking to them at that moment in time, then get your eye contact time. So you're looking at them briefly as you talk about that key point. Now, don't stare them out. <laughs> that will be a bit worrying. But they need to know, and you can do that in two or three seconds of eye contact. If you, you know, you're speaking the key point and you're looking at the person. You really want to be nodding their head and saying, yeah, that's great. We should be doing that ourselves. So that's that one. So that's the, that's the eye contact one. Um, now, um, number three, I mentioned the prompt cards and somebody said, OK, because uh, I talked about prompt cards. I said, please, please, please don't take big notes because big notes, as you've probably heard me say on this podcast before, just sound as though you don't know what you're talking about. You need all the notes or you haven't done your preparation. So the question was, how many prompt cards per slide? Okay, and I was talking to them about not worrying about too, you know, too many slides as long as they haven't got too much content on 
you know, I I had prepared a five minute presentation version of my my presentation if we um, if we had the time and we there were so many questions we didn't have the time, um, but there were twenty nine slides that I was going to use in my five minutes and I timed it and I knew it worked. So the answer is, if you've got a five minute presentation, you probably need one or two maximum prompt cards. Okay, and what and then the supplementary question was, what should I write on the prompt cards? And the the answer was, a word or two words per slide just as your prompt, just in case you happen to forget what's coming up or just in case there's a word that you need to, you know, you need to do. And I did say to them, if you forget something in your pitch, then, you know, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Don't backtrack. Just carry on. You know, if it's a key thing, then get it, find a way to get it back in when you remember it. But if it's not, then, you know, well, if it's not that, that key crucial, it probably shouldn't be in your five minute pitch anyway. Final question that they raised, what I'm going to share with you is, how important is it to know the brief for your pitch. Well, it's absolutely vital. <laughs> now, these students had been given quite an extensive brief. There were six points in the brief that they were asked to cover about their product or service, including things like market validation, marketing strategy, you know, the research they'd done to find, you know, to prove there was a problem that they'd now got a solution for, the growth potential, the uh, the innovation part of it as well, because it was a kind of innovation expo they're trying to be speaking at. So there's a lot for them to get in in five minutes. So it's absolutely vital that you follow the pitch because, you know, the people running, in this case, the competition, they've created the, the brief for the pitch. So if you ignore that, you're not going to get all the points from them. And that's vital to get through to the final. And then it's the kind of, you know, the people on the day who are going to be there voting for you as well. So there you go. So I hope that's helpful. Um, If you've got a pitch coming up, uh, don't forget, you know, one of the things that uh, people find quite useful from time to time is have that person who uh, will be available to you for 30, 40, 50 minutes, maybe less if you want, just to go through the pitch or presentation with you. And if you've got a colleague who can do that, great. But... Make sure they warn them in advance. Say, don't tell me that was brilliant. (laughs) And if you want a third party, then, you know, there are people around, including myself, who you can book a call with. And, and, you know, if you you do it with me, I am not going to tell you it's brilliant. All right. I'm definitely not going to tell you it's brilliant. I'm going to challenge you to deliver it really well and better than you think you possibly can imagine. But it still won't be brilliant, but it'll be bloody close. (laughs) Okay. And if you go to trevorjlee.com, you can book uh, that session with me. Or you can book a free 15-minute one to talk about what you need and then decide if I'm the right person to help you. Right, so if you've got a presentation or a pitch coming up, good luck with that. And uh, I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.